0: This is the Oanda Podcast, brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, brought to you with Jazz FM Business Breakfast. I'm Johnny Hart. Each week I preview the market and business headlines with Craig Erlem, Senior Market Analyst at Oanda. And it's a very good afternoon to Craig. How are you doing? I'm really good, mate. How are you? I'm pretty good. Let's start with your overview of markets at the moment. Where do we stand globally and as far as the UK is concerned?
1: We're doing quite well, to be honest. I mean, sentiment is such an important thing right now, I find. We went through that uh, sell-off towards the back end of last year, and it was a real big test for investors. A lot more talk about recession, things we haven't become used to that much in the last few years. We're on a very good bull run. Uh, so there was a big test in q4 last year so it's really important to see how we were going to bounce back in the first quarter i think we've bounced back really really well you look at for example us indices and we're about five percent off the highs that we were at the start of q4 last year considering we fell about 20 that's a that's a nice solid bounce back it suggests that this is more hopefully more uh, than just a, a little bit of a corrective move so that's quite positive we are seeing positive developments uh, materialize which will touch Partially on throughout this podcast, things like trade, things like um, central banks becoming less hawkish. I think that's quite encouraging, that's quite supportive as well. And even when you look at things like oil markets, right, we've, with this positive risk appetite, has spurred them off the lows. And I know that's not ideal for the consumer, but really there is always a, a, a level of, of oil where it's both positive for the producers, but also positive for the consumers. And we're kind of moving back towards those levels. So, Overall, I think markets are relatively healthy right now. I think there's some, maybe some anxious times ahead, and I do think there's plenty of risk factors still around, but I think we're in a much healthier position than we were even a few weeks ago.
0: You mentioned central banks, and uh, we've got some interesting minutes, well, interesting-ish minutes coming up. I think Use that probably, term lightly. Yeah, probably the Fed minutes a bit uh, more interesting than the uh, ECB, but uh, both uh, sets are likely to be much more dovish than in previous months.
1: And I think that's the important thing here. No one's sitting down with a, a, a fine comb going through these minutes. At least most people aren't, right? We're looking for what are the key themes in it. And they're probably going to confirm what we saw in the press conferences, etc., and the statements that followed the actual meetings themselves, taking the US one as a prime example. there was It was noticeably more dovish from the statement and from the chair, uh, Jay Powell. Uh, and I think that's going to be a common theme across major central banks, at least for the first half of this year. And slowly but surely, they are re- revising down their both economic forecast but also their rate hike forecast as well. And that's brought some calm back to the market, and I expect the minutes to really reiterate that.
0: Now, with Brexit uh, Groundhog Day continuing, Craig, some missed the spectre of Germany, narrowly uh, avoiding recession. I was thinking, with that a possibility going forward, surely that's going to put a bit more pressure on Angela Merkel, the Italians, the French to sort out a deal uh, with the UK because that surely would tip the German and the EU economy into recession
1: if there isn't a deal it is borderline right now where we are standing with these economies and i think there's numerous headwinds this year the slowdown in china has really negatively impacted the european economy there is more temporary factors as well which we've touched on before things like the car manufacturing production has really hit germany and italy as well that's to do with um emission testing which has caused uh, backlogs so that's having an economic impact but i do think they are going to be looking at these brexit talks saying this is a major risk and it's coming at possibly the worst time so yeah there is pressure from both sides politically to get a deal good for but the uk perhaps it could be viewed as good for the uk and we can never underestimate the impact of politics on decision making even if it's not always in the best interest of the longer term prospects because you always think with these things merkel et al are going to look at the european project and always prioritize that first and i think they always will but domestic politics will always play a role. We just have to look at that uh, BBC program on the European Union, that three-part special, and it really—I was watching the—I've watched the first two episodes now, and it is fascinating to see they really are so committed to this project. But ultimately, they can only positively impacted as long as they retain their standing at home so you see a lot of domestic politics having highly influencing european policymaking. so yes there is going to be a domestic factor playing a role here but i think there's a desire even without this on both sides to get this over the line and move on because europe has its own problems as we've seen over the last 12 months
0: you mentioned china earlier on and those uh, trade talks between the u.s and and the Chinese uh, continued. Of course, they uh, broke up without a deal in China. They now moved back to the United States. I don't quite understand this uh, to and fro between the United States and China. Why can't they just have it in one place? And they need to secure a new deal before further US tariffs are imposed on the 1st of March. Are they going to get that deal?
1: Yeah, it's, it's very polite, isn't it? This, this idea, of we'll spend a week at yours, and then you yeah. can come around to mine for a week, and then we'll go back to yours. It's uh it's probably costing them a fortune in uh i shouldn't think they're paying no hopefully they're picking up the air miles there it's positive i think that's the most important thing quite often with these talks you can have a few days having negotiations then you go away for a month you come back it does feel like we're kind of in hyperdrive here five days of talks back to the u.s five days of talks back to china Uh, and i think this is really positive it shows how much uh, desire there is on both sides to get this deal over the line i don't think that's going to come by the end of this month and trump this week suggested that there could be an extension that the can could be slightly kicked down the road he suggested a potential 60-day extension i believe the chinese wanted 90 days but he's insisted on 60 clearly again very desperate to get a deal over the line uh, really cut down the negotiating time so I think there is a lot to feel optimistic about because this is effectively 60 days without any new tariffs, which is positive for the markets. The, it's been a major headwind for the markets, this trade uh, scuffle, uh, as you could probably suggest it is. Uh, and I think we are working towards a solution that is going to arrive. We're just going to have to wait a little bit of time for it.
0: We're also going to get the latest UK jobs data. Interesting that we saw... Uh, Last week, wages now rising a lot faster than inflation, which of course dropped below 2%. What are markets expecting uh, with this new jobs data?
1: Yeah, wages are expected to continue to pick up. So around 3.5% earnings growth and unemployment remain at 4%. It's it's amazing to think that the economy is actually, when you look at the labour market, is doing so well at a time when we're not just looking at domestic issues. When, I mean, you look at, the, for example, you said the GDP data last week. We saw business investment down, I think, 4.7%. We saw consumer spending was down. We saw the economy actually contracted by 0.4% in December. We saw the economy didn't perform too well in the entire third quarter and uh, the worst year of growth I think was it since 2012 like the economy looks like it's really stalling but you look at the labour market and it's thriving and we've seen this uh, interesting uh, scenario in the US as well. um, It's a
0: historical anomaly really isn't it I don't think I can recall any time in economic history where this has happened under normal circumstances this would have been a primary case for an interest rate rise.
1: Yeah, I think you're kind of seeing a couple of things play out here. I think the evolution of the labour market in many ways is having a role in this. We talk about the gig economy, the flexibility... Uh of, so the, not uh of the jobs. labour market. <laughs> well it, yeah. it, it's it's one of these things that yes we're seeing economic difficulties now and we are seeing a, a lower investment mm. and at the moment that's okay for jobs we're not necessarily seeing these people let go or well, what that would suggest to me if this is what this is this, this is a structural change in the labour market is that if we do tip into recession that unemployment figure will rise and rapidly because it's easy to lay these people off because of the flexibility that exists which is helping it for now but when, when you do hit rough times then it's that much easier but i think. I think these numbers are generally positive because what they suggest to me and i think this is the most important thing is when you're going through a difficult time like this and you've got a flexible labor market that allows you to go through this time without causing too much carnage and excess- essentially exacerbating the issue because if you can imagine unemployment now rising to 4.55 in response to these near-term headwinds then all of a sudden you start this negative loop where negativity begets negativity and economic yeah. slowdown turns into a recession And if we can just, uh, this flexibility allows us to go through this minor storm and we get this Brexit deal uh, in March and we move into the transition and we avoid this and then we maybe get that economic stimulus from the backlog of investment and consumer spending, then all of a sudden this situation which could have gotten much worse actually hasn't been too bad at all. So I think the labour market figures there are really telling and actually really interesting as well.
0: Finally, any earnings we should look out for?
1: there are a number of earnings it's more European uh, over the, this next week for example we saw RBS earnings today which were uh, which were very good especially when you're when you're looking at um, uh, uh, how they performed over the years back to profitability but there's a lot more European earnings now over the course of this week uh, less focus. Uh, on on the us and it's going to be really interesting to see just how these this european earnings season really pans out because like say the us is still performing very well by european standards they're not thriving like they were uh last year and that those q4 earnings did start to see a slowdown but europe as we're talking about now we're talking about economies in recession or at threat recession so we're going to see things from a very different perspective
0: craig and thanks very much for joining us thank you